Hello everyone, Tom Shanklin here. So good to be with you today and share some good news with you. Praise God. By the way, you are, you're really looking good today, by the way. Praise God. God has great plans for you and we just want to encourage you in that today and let you know he loves you. And, you know, today's a good day to go forward in life and to grab hold of what God has for you. Today I want to talk to you about how to activate the gospel in your life. You know, the gospel is good news, good news. And it's the, it's the promises of God that are ours through Jesus Christ. When he died on that cross, he procured our salvation, and the forgiveness of sins. And he rose from the dead to give us victory and we have victory in Christ. You know, the Bible said that we are seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so wherever Jesus is, he's in heaven. We're seated there with him, spiritually speaking. Therefore, we are above and not below. And uh, we have the victory in Jesus' name. So the gospel is good news for everyone. Praise God. That's the name of our program, by the way. It is good news for everyone. But I may know many of us are not really appropriating all the benefits of the gospel. Many people are not walking in the victory. They don't have the peace that God intended for them to have. Uh, they are, instead of being over, they're under. And, um, well, I can't go under for being over. I'm over. Hallelujah. I've got the victory in Jesus' name because Jesus has paid the price. But we want to talk today about how to activate the gospel, how to get it really working in your life, because that's what God wants. He wants it to be alive. You know, I'm thinking now of the scripture in Romans chapter uh, 12. It says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Or another translation would be demonstrate the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, we are to demonstrate God's will. And God's will is victory. God's will is salvation. God's will is healing. Uh, you know, God has a, a great plan for our lives. But there, are, there is something that we have to do. You know, he's done the heavy lifting. Amen. He procured our salvation through Jesus Christ. His blood was shed for us that we could be forgiven. He raised him from the dead, you know, that we could be seated together with him in heavenly places, that we could have victory over death. All these things that God has done, but there's some things that we need to do also. So how do we activate the gospel? How do we really get it working in our life? You know, I was just thinking about this illustration. And of course, uh, many times illustrations, they fall short of, of the true picture, but it can give us a glimpse. So just think that the if the government stated that, you know, we're going to give everybody in the United States a thousand dollars. Well, that's not so far fetched because uh, a year or so ago they actually did that. But let's say they said, you know, we're going to give everybody a thousand dollars, but you have to fill out this form. You can go online and fill it out or you can fill it out by paper and send it in. But either way, you have to fill out the form. <laughs> And if you fill out the form, we'll send you the $1,000. Well, God has given us his promise. He said, okay, I'm giving you this good news, but there is something that you have to do. You have to receive it, praise God. So today I'd like to go into uh, Hebrews 
And I'm going to begin reading in the third chapter. If you want to grab your Bible, you can, you know, stop your video for a minute, go grab your Bible and, and read along. I'll be reading from the MEV version or the modern English version, which is very much attuned to the King James, but in a modern uh, language. And I'm going to start in the uh, 12th verse of the third chapter of Hebrews. And then we're going to read down to chapter 4, verse 3. That's not really a lot of verses. So listen carefully to the word of God. Be attentive, brothers, lest there be any in any of you an evil and unbelieving heart. And by the way, when he says brothers, it's a generic statement. He's talking to the brothers and the sisters. So ladies, keep listening. Amen. God's got a word for you today. Be attentive, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Uh -huh. there's, a, there's, a, there's a key, the heart, amen. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So he says, watch out that you don't have an unbelieving heart. You know, Satan is doing all he can to rob us of our faith. You know, Paul made the statement, he says, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to those whose minds is blinded by the God of this world. That's Satan. And he's doing everything he can to rob our faith. So there's not a lot we have to do, but one thing we have to do is we've got to guard our faith. Amen. We've got to fight the fight of faith. We've got to hold on to the truth of the gospel. And, and he says, Beware, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief. God calls unbelief evil, amen, because it's not trusting him. You know, if, if I'm your friend and I said, well, I'm going to give you uh, a certain thing on, on Saturday. I'm going to give you uh, $50 on Saturday so you can uh, go to the movies with your girlfriend. And, and then uh, Saturday comes, you say, well, I, I, I know you're not going to really do that. You know, well, that's kind of an affront, isn't it, to me? Well, that's the way it is with us and God. We Sometimes we don't believe God, amen? We don't believe what he said in his word. We don't believe his promises. And that's the great hindrance in our lives. And it causes defeat, amen? And, and uh, so he says, watch out, beware, it's a warning. Watch out, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, A he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in order to come to God, that scripture says, you must believe, first of all, that he exists. Well, how can you come to someone who you don't believe exists, obviously? But it also says, and that he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek it. You know, God is a rewarder. God is your rewarder, amen. He's for you, not against you. He wants to bless you, not curse you, amen. He wants to pour out his blessings uh, upon your life, amen. He wants to heal your life, amen. He wants to heal your family. He wants to heal your body, amen. He wants to forgive your sins. You say, well, I, I, I'm so, I've strayed so far from God. Well, come back, amen. You're only one prayer away from returning to God, amen? So he says, watch out, lest there be uh, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, 
lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. So exhort, of course, means to encourage. So that's why I'm here today. I'm here to encourage you, amen, uh, to believe God, amen, and to activate the gospel in your life. Praise God, because he has so much for you. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence firmly to the end. See, this is written to Christians who were tempted to pull away from the Lord. It was written to the Hebrews. And of course, there was so much pressure on them from their culture to pull away from the living God. Well, there's a lot of pressure on us too in the culture to pull away from God. I mean, there's a lot of unbelief. There's a lot of anti-God sentiment. There's a lot of things that are uh, trying to pull us away from God, but we need to rise up and be in faith. Amen. You know, uh, lift up the hands that the Bible said, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. You know, our faith not only is a benefit for ourselves, amen, but those uh, who are around us that can see our faith and can see Jesus in our lives and can see the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. So I encourage you today, amen, to lay hold of what God has for you today. So hold the beginning of our confidence firmly to the end while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were they who heard and rebelled? Was it not all of those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? So now he's talking about an Old Testament story, okay? He's referring to the Old Testament and many uh, scriptures in the New Testament and many of the things that were said and taught and, and preached were from the Old Testament because the Old Testament is the, is the thing on which the New Testament was birthed out of. Of course, Jesus was birthed out of uh, the seed of Abraham and and uh, also David and so forth. And, but the, there was an Old Testament, amen, an old covenant that God made, but Jesus is the new covenant, praise God. But many times they would take stories out of the old that were, it says, written for our admonition. And so here he's talking about uh, back when uh, Israel came out of Egypt and he, God had given them the promised land. He promised them this land uh, that was belonged to these rebellious people that were against God and he promised that he would give it to them if they would go up and take it but they sent 12 spies into the land and the 12 spies came back and 10 of them brought back it says an evil report <clears throat> and what they said basically is it's a great land but there's giants up there and we can't defeat those big old giants you know we're just little old Israel and we can't really do much you know and and so we just uh, better better stay where we at or go back to Egypt or whatever because, uh, you know, we just ain't much. We're grasshoppers. So they had an evil heart of unbelief. Why? Because they didn't believe in themselves? No, it's because they didn't believe in God. God said, you, you can have this land. I have given it to you. I've already given it to you. Well, that's just like us. He's given us a promised land. He's given us the victory. He's given us salvation. He's given us forgiveness. He's given us righteousness. He's given us the ability in prayer to approach the Father, the Father God, the God of the universe. Amen. And he's given us authority over demonic powers. So many things that he's given us. He's given us the land, you see. But we have to go up and possess it. We have to take it by faith. Amen. That's our part. That's the filling out the form. <laughs> 
to get the benefit. Amen? Are you getting the picture? Amen? So God's done the heavy lifting, you know, just like he did for them. He promised them, you go up there, I'll give you that land. But they feared. Amen? And 10 spies brought back an evil report, but two brought a positive report. Of course, that's Joshua and Caleb and said, come on, we're well able. Let's go up at once and and possess it. They have a, They had a spirit of faith, you know, they believed the promises, but the 10 spies convinced the people and they doubted God and they, as a result, they were not able to go up and possess the land. And they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, there's a lot of Christians wandering around in the wilderness for their whole lives and never going up and possessing what the gospel has appropriated for them. Is that you today? Do you feel like that's you? Are you sitting there with a, a bookload of promises? You know, I, what is, I think there's, uh, uh, is it 7,000 promises in the word of God? There's many promises from God in here. But are you appropriating them? Amen? God wants to know, are you ready to go possess the land? Amen? You don't have to go in your own strength. You don't have to trust in yourself, but you need to trust in him. You need to get your eyes on the Lord. So who were those who heard and rebelled? Was it not all those that came out of Egypt led by Moses and with whom was he grieved? God is grieved by doubt and unbelief. Who was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not with those who had sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness and to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest but to those who disobeyed? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Well, it's the same picture for us today. Sometimes we cannot enter in to peace or rest or the good things that God has in our, for our lives. You know, instead of the joy of the Lord, we have the uh, depression and discouragement. Uh, you know, we're anxious and nervous. Why is it unbelief? Unbelief, amen? It's an evil heart of unbelief. Beware lest you have an evil heart of unbelief. So now let's go into the fourth chapter here. We're going to read three more verses. It says, therefore, since the promise, the promise, everybody say the promise. Since the promise of entering into his rest remains. So he's, he's giving this picture from the Old Testament. They had the promised land. Well, you know, they, they must have been living in anxiety and turmoil and so forth, but God wanted to bring them into the promised land, a place of rest, a place where they would have peace, a place where they'd have victory. And so this is a picture for us. God wants us to have rest. He wants you to have rest in your life. Jesus said, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart and you shall find what? Rest unto your soul. Jesus didn't die on the cross and rise from the dead to make you miserable. He did it to give you rest, to give you peace. He didn't do all that so you could just strive to be better and try to be good enough for God. No, he died so you could have peace and rest based on what he did, amen? That's the gospel. It's about what he did, not about what you do, amen? It's not about your ability to be good enough for God. It's about his forgiveness and grace and his ability to change you, amen? You see, they 
they were to go up and possess the land. Yes, they had a part, but it was God's power that was going to give them the, the victory and give them the land. And eventually, of course, they did go up under Joshua. After Moses had died, then they went up and they possessed the land. But they, that whole generation died, you know. And I don't want you to die. I don't want your generation to die. You know, we each got a part. Each generation has a part, you know. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm getting a little older here now. I'm, I'll be 72 this year. But, you know, we, I still have a lot to do. Amen. And so do you. I don't know how old you are. As I said, you're looking good. You know, you must be a pretty good age. Amen. You must be ready to conquer. Amen. You must be a, more than a conqueror through him that loves you. But I want to tell you, God's got good news for you today. Amen. And so he says in, in chapter four here, therefore, since the promise, the promise of entering into his rest remains, let us fear lest any of you should seem to come short of it. God doesn't want one Christian to fall short of the promise of entering into his rest. Now listen to this next verse here. Here's the key verse uh, for this message. For the gospel was preached unto them. For the gospel, I'm sorry, the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them. But the word preached did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter his rest. As he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So those people, God said, that's enough. They have doubted me. They have failed me. They have sinned in the wilderness and they're not entering in. But God wants you to enter in. You see, the scripture says the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ was preached to us as well as unto them. So they had a message of good news. It's very parallel to the message that we have. God said, I've got a good land for you. I've got a bright future for you. I'm providing for you. I'm your redeemer. Amen. I'm your victory. Believe me and you'll have these things. In the same way, God has promised us the victory. Amen. But it said that the gospel did not, pre did not profit them not being mixed with faith. This version says did not benefit them. So is it basically the same idea that the word there uh, is a Greek word, which means to assist, to be useful, to be advantageous, to be profitable. You see, the, the gospel is advantageous. It's helpful. It's beneficial. Amen. But only if you believe it. Amen. If you just have your Bible sitting on a coffee table or on a trophy shelf somewhere and say, I've got a Bible. You see, this is my family Bible. Aha, I'm a Christian. No, you've got to take the Bible and you've got to read it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it says that the gospel did not profit them not being mixed with faith. So we've got the gospel, but it has to be mixed with faith. And that's where the power comes, amen? When we mix the gospel with faith. You know, we're, uh, we just moved to a new house here in Scandia, Minnesota in the United States. And uh, 
It, it's a very nice old house, but you can see some of the woodwork behind me. Well, some of that woodwork has been damaged uh, and there's scratches and so forth in it. Some of it's got gouges in it. There was some some uh, dogs in here that scratched the, the surface of the of the uh, the woodwork and so there's actually some holes that we need to fill in and so we're we're going to be using some epoxy type material to fill those holes well that epoxy is made of two different materials you know one is uh, the actual substance but then there's a activation ingredient in other words it, it just stays this this ingredient just stays soft and doesn't do anything until it receives the activation from the other ingredient so it has to be mixed to really do any good well it's the same thing the gospel has to be mixed with faith you know the, you know the Bible says if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes so many things in the in the Bible that are based on faith based on faith the whole New Testament is about having faith in Jesus Christ or believing what he has said amen we are justified by faith we have forgiveness through faith Jesus many times when he healed people he says according to your faith so be it unto you as I said, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that dil diligently seek him. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. They, there was a group of people that came to Jesus and they said, what can we do, Jesus, to do the works of God? We want to do the works of God. We, you know, it's a sincere desire, right? We want to do the works of God. Jesus, you know what Jesus said to them? This is the work of God, that you believe on him who he sent. You see, everything springs out of faith. Even holiness springs out of faith. Uh, Romans chapter 6 says that holiness comes out of righteousness. So he imputes righteousness to us. He imparts righteousness to us. He makes us right, and then we live a holy life. So what we're getting to now is this thought about righteousness, righteousness. You see, because of what Jesus did on the cross, our sins are forgiven. And if our sins are forgiven, then we are cleansed. And if we are cleansed, then we are righteous. You know, the question I want to ask you is, do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that Jesus really died for you? Do you really believe that what he did on the cross is sufficient to cleanse you from all sins? You know, we are uh, putting in a, a bathroom on our second floor and we're, we have uh, tile up there. And of course, you know, in the tile there's, a, there's grout. And Susan had taken a fern plant up there in, into the bathroom just to you know just to have some life up there and and the fern plant of course was shedding leaves and then the leaves fell on the floor and the, actually the the leaves these rotting leaves or whatever that you know not that it was there that long but what it, from whatever happened anyway the brown leaves that fell on the on the uh, floor stained the grout 
and she went up there and she scrubbed and she did everything she knew to do and then she but she got on the internet then and and she found some ingredients that were supposed to help with stains and grout which I think was uh, baking baking powder baking soda and uh, vinegar anyway she put a bunch of that on there and left it actually forgot about it and I says are you, are you planning on um, cleaning up this you know baking powder here that's on the floor baking soda she said, oh yeah I forgot about it. so she went up and cleaned it and you know the all the stain was gone it, it completely cleansed that grout of that stain you know and so that those ingredients were able to do what the other soap and water or whatever else she used weren't, weren't able to do well that's like the blood of Jesus you know you can try to scrub and scrub and scrub and make yourself clean but through the blood of Jesus uh, we're cleansed you know the Bible said that if you confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness so I ask you a question now. If you are cleansed from all unrighteousness, then what are you? You're righteous. Amen? And, and that's in 1 John, if I don't know if I mentioned the reference, but 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if you confess your sin. Well, if you if you say, well, I'm, I'm okay, I, you know, I, I, or you make an excuse for your sin, that's not going to do any good. But if you confess your sin, okay he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness see all have sinned and come short of the glory of God you know even Christians sin I mean I don't know if you this is a great revelation to you or not but the fact is Christians sin amen and uh, you know if you John said if you say you have no sin you deceive yourselves and the truth's not in you yeah even though we've been born again we still have flesh and we're tempted <clears throat> excuse me you're temp we're tempted to sin but God has a plan to forgive you through the blood of Jesus if you sincerely repent confess your sin he'll forgive you amen and he'll cleanse you and he'll give you a sense of righteousness in your heart and that's so powerful because in James it says the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much so a righteous man or woman has power with God, amen, through prayer. And this is really the foundational thing, you know, about all the benefits of the gospel, healing and victory and blessings in your marriage and family. Everything goes back to this gift of righteousness that God gives us through Jesus Christ. This is the thing that we must believe. You know, we have to quit looking at ourselves you know, in our own natural ability for righteousness. He says, all our righteousness is filthy rags. We need his righteousness. You know, in the Old Testament, they, they sinned against God and, and a, a judgment came and the snakes came into the camp and so forth. And God told Moses to lift up a standard in the, in the camp of a, a pole with a snake on it. And Jesus said later that that represented him. You know, because he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that's actually a picture of the cross. But what he told it told them, he says, whoever looks on that serpent on a pole shall be healed. It, it didn't say he that looks at himself over and over again and all his failures. No, you, know, you, you look at yourself and you see what's wrong. You let the Holy Spirit shine in, you know, and you recognize that you're wrong. But then it's time to repent. 
and look to him who died on the cross for you, for your forgiveness. We've got to get out of this idea that we're going to be, you know, make ourselves good enough for God and start believing in the cross. That's where the righteousness comes. That's where the change comes into your life. Amen. And the Bible says, for with the heart, man believes under righteousness. See, there's that mixing. We have to believe. We have to believe that Jesus has made us righteous and that all our sins are forgiven. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life is through believing in him. And you know, I know that's how I came to the Lord. That's how I, when I came to the Lord, I had the joy of my salvation, amen. And I tell you, I, I, there's times in our Christian life when we need to have that joy restored. We need to go back to the roots of our faith and believe in what Jesus Christ did on that cross at Calvary. The Bible says, he that believes has eternal life. So if you never accepted Jesus Christ or if you've been away from him, I wanna encourage you to just pray this prayer with me. Just open your heart and open your mouth and pray. And say, dear Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. I believe he died for me and I believe he rose again. And today I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And Father, any area that I have missed it, thank you for forgiving me. I repent of sin and I believe in Jesus. I look to the cross for my salvation not to myself. Forgive me, Lord, and change me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, it's been great to be with you today, folks. We just uh, love you and appreciate you watching. And here, here it is, you watch the whole thing. Isn't that great? And we just appreciate that. And uh, we just encourage you to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube or uh, on iTunes and the podcast. Um, Sign up for our email list on our, on our blog at shanklinministries.org. And let us know if you got something out of the program today. We'd love to hear from you. So we just thank you and uh, bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.